What's going on, Sacramento soccer fans? And welcome to another edition of your State of the Republic podcast. Today, I'm joined only by our podcast mom, but awesome having our podcast mom always on here. How's it going, Sharon? <laughs> I like it. Hey, everything is good. Yeah, it is it is awesome having somebody old and, <laughs> and knowledgeable about the game and about things going on around the league and around the, the country. We're both, we both love soccer. And how are you feeling after Saturday? I'm feeling better. At least my voice is starting to come back. <laughs> Good thing we didn't record yesterday because my voice was so sore from screaming so much throughout the game and you know we're gonna dive deep into this game uh, but yeah I don't think I've ever had my voice like that in a game and rightfully so right for everyone who watched it we all know how it all went down and yeah it's it's justified (laughs) that's how my voice was after not a game last Saturday in the Oakland Roots parking lot from doing all the (laughs) chanting and screaming and yelling and just having fun i had a sore voice for not having a game last week so i know how you feel i know and, all about the sore voice yeah and then it didn't help that um you know i actually uh sat back with uh, tbv too which i hadn't throughout the whole season because as you all know i had seats in the middle of the stadium but of course we don't have our seats yet or at least i didn't have my seats yet i didn't have a seat for this game and so we ended up getting some in that area and uh, yeah, we were trying to be extra loud and, and with all that. So that didn't help with my voice, not, not being there, but it was, it was good though. I got to say it was a good environment. And speaking of which, by the way, Sharon, tailgates came back for this match and I know you got there before I did and you, you got to experience it a little bit more, but what, yeah. J- jello shots, jello shots from rave bear and a, 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 alcohol pop from Jane, what's not to like. And uh, from the um, uh, Rafa's little group, a big group, I got a plate of taquitos. I mean, it was fabulous. I had literally the the best time. I handed out apricots. Mm. So if anybody's listening and you got any of those apricots, I need feedback. I think they were fabulous. So if you got an apricot from me or from the bag that was sitting in the Huayegi <laughs> clan's uh, area, that would be, I'd like to know about your, your apricot experience, because I'll tell you what, the jello shot experience was solid. And then the Alcopop experience from Jane and then having Todd Donovan join the crowd, not, he didn't do anything. I mean, he didn't like drink or anything. <laughs> they don't do any of that while they're working. Um, but he was, going around and chatting with folks it was it it was really lovely having a tailgate again and having everybody there and the cooking and the partying and the music it was just incredible Luis what did you think about the tailgate I thought it was really great right having everyone there and and I really enjoyed listening to the music that they had and it gave me vibes to last week right even though we didn't have a game and and (laughs) the blast everyone was having and having something like that over here was uh really great but when I first arrived there I was a little surprised that they pushed the tailgate further than where it used to be I don't know if you recall that where which I guess uh I guess they have multiple parking lots for um, VIP and for media that they couldn't really have it closer to the entrance but oh correct that's one thing that i I, I, they might be working right i don't know if maybe they're still doing the vaccination sites i think Uh, i think they still have some things you're right louise i think there's still some separation and oh gosh and no state fair this year correct so correct yeah yeah and so the the area where they used to have the media parking was lot 26 but that's still not available so yeah you're right it was kind of cordoned off a little further away I didn't mind it because at the end of the day (laughs) it was still a spot to hang out and party and they still had a porta potty and hand washing stations (laughs) and not that I used any of it it was stinking hot when we all got there you remember being drippy sweaty and looking for any bit of shade do you remember that when you first got there oh yeah Uh, how (laughs) it was kind of hot it's like they really need to have trees in that parking lot They do. They need to do that and uh, maybe put some shade or something, right? Put some large tents or something. But they, 
a gazebo or something, you know, something needs to I know. Everybody, it was funny. Everybody did bring their own pop-ups, but it didn't help because the sun, the west side was what it was like. You can't prevent the sun from coming in underneath <laughs> your, your pop-up. And if the Delta breeze blows, you can't put a side netting or a side shade up. Um, Rave Bear found that out right away that he couldn't put a side uh, piece up because it was causing his pop-up to become airborne like a parachute so yeah we didn't want to cartwheel a pop-up across the parking lot oh no and then yeah. i gotta say we're for all those of you who are in tbb or maybe you just walked by at some point in the stadium they used to have what they called the tbb beer garden uh oh, right. inside now yeah, they actually right. converted that into this little like activity area for kids to like kick the ball into these little small Goal nets and uh, what else do they? Oh, they also had um, foot tennis as well, which uh, I thought that was interesting, right? And I think it works out. You know, they had enough space for that, and so I, I love guess, that space. Yeah. I love what they did with that space. I thought that was that was a really cool addition to have a, a play area. Literally, that's you know that's fabulous. And what's funny is right behind that little area is the locker rooms the whole locker room mm. setup. So, you know, if the kids got to the fence and they peered through, they'd be able to see the players coming and going, but I'm not suggesting that anybody <laughs> does that, but you could. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that, that would be something, right? I, I could see myself as a kid actually <laughs> wanting to be like, all right, let me see if I can get an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> Peering um, through that little gap. But, you know, I got to say that, and I'm sure the team's probably going to, uh, figure out the situation once, you know, things get, I mean, things are getting better now and whatnot, but being able to let TBB be inside the stadium again would be nice because I felt like they got in the stadium, like too close to the beginning of the game. And, you know, I, I missed those matches where they were actually already inside, right? We all met up inside the stadium. People can go and, and go around and, and whatnot, uh, as, as was the case in this game, right? With the, flag giveaway which really amazing flags by the way um it would have fixed the whole situation of like oh go get him a box because they're outside they're not going inside quite yet and so i just feel like they need to figure out what other spot around the stadium that tvb can congregate at and have, yeah, have a blast there yeah. right like once they are done with their tailgate they can come in the stadium in advance and queue up you know queue up before they march in it'll happen it, it's it's it, it'll happen. I'm sure TBB, the folks are talking to mm -hmm. the front office, you know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice being able to be inside the compound versus, you know, outside for the whole entire time, because when you're inside the compound, you actually get to hear a lot of the announcements. You get to feel the vibe of being in the stadium, you know, before they do the marching out, you know, before they march underneath the bleachers and come through chant with their chanting. Yeah. I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll get sorted out in the meantime, but Hey, okay. So I heard we're only going to have like around 5,000, 5, I swear to God, I don't know what the final tally was at attendance wise, but it felt full. It's not full, like 12,000 full, but it literally felt like way more than half full. It, it felt like it was two thirds full. It was mm -hmm. great. The turnout. I don't know if you took a look around and, there were a lot of seats. It was packed. It felt packed. It sounded like it was packed. You know, everybody was pretty loud and I liked it. I liked the atmosphere this weekend and VIP. I went and got my seat in the VIP because I, uh, an old person, you spend money frivolously sometimes. And this is my <laughs> guilty pleasure. I have a seat in the VIP one. Um, and so I, I took advantage of that. And even then VIP was packed. It was full. All the seats were taken. So mm. Um, yeah, I ended up seeing Mitch and Jordan in, in the in the VIP section. Plus, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the player's name that we haven't seen yet on the pitch because he's been still recovering from an injury. That um, yeah, so all good. Yeah, no, I, I actually did get a different feeling, right? And I think after you go from two thousand five hundred fans to anything more than that, <laughs> it's really noticeable and. Uh, but I think there was probably, I would probably estimate like 8,000, right? Out of our, our uh, capacity, which I wish it would have been a sold out completely. 
but at the same time, I get it. Some people might still be a little cautious and well, it's not so much that, but they're just bringing all the staff back. If you think about it, they're still bringing staff back from furlough that were the ones that were selling the um, big, you know, the big group sales, you know, they Mm. didn't have anybody doing that because we couldn't, we couldn't have big groups in the stadium Mm. until just now. So, so, and that's, that makes up a a nice chunk of filling up the stands and filling up the general admission area by tower bridge, you know, on either side, not necessarily right on TV, but on the either side of them and then the specialty seats and things like that. So, so they're, I'm certain that, you know, now that they're, they've got the staff and the momentum, we'll be seeing a lot more of the groups, you know, the, the teams, the, all the different soccer teams throughout the region, which we have like thousands of kids playing soccer, we'll be seeing more and more and it'll be getting filled up quite a bit more once they're, once they start working the magic. Anyhow, <laughs> let's get on with the game. Even though there really isn't that much to talk about, there still is a lot to talk about. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I, Hopefully people don't get discouraged of going to games, right? Because we are in not a good streak. And I think it's been a while, at least from what I recall, just from all the seasons we've played in, since we've ever had such a losing streak, right? Like this one or or a winless streak, I should say more than uh, this situation. And so we said it before, right? This is going to be a really critical game. You win and then, you know, things could be much different you lose and then it's like oh all right now we have to now we really have to pay attention to each point uh that is lost right throughout the next couple of games because you might start falling back and and whatnot but breaking it down uh actually before we actually started uh, i know uh post game jared said is this the bad luck quail kit because we once again Play with the quell kit and poor, poor Jared, right? I mean, he, he bought the quell kit too, so I'm sure that's why he brought this up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a shame. And I know in the past when we've had the, our third kits, we haven't done as bad. Uh, but with this one, it's like, oh, come on. This was such a good concept and all that. Like, yeah, I know. Win. It's Keep like playing with it, I guess. But Maybe if the kit was like... Uh, breast cancer pink and you know the or maybe it was a black kit again but it's a it's a white kit which is almost like okay when you what's the thing that signifies a, a, a you know like a white flag means surrender you know it's kind of oh, like no yeah. let's not let's not go yeah. there with this kit <laughs> but no jane it's funny because jane walker said let's not blame it on the kit which i agree with jane it's not the kit but oh, i yeah. understand where jared's coming from and all the other people that were like going yeah anybody wearing the quail kit to the san diego match this coming weekend is going to be banned <laughs> or whatever they said they <laughs> ban all quail kits or something um yeah so <sighs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. There's a hole that we have to dig out of. There are some mistakes that we have to correct. Mm. There's some emotions that we have to get a hold of. I mean, I wanted to see the players come out pissed. And I thought the last 15 minutes of the game, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I thought that they were pissed and they were the right level of pissed, but I don't think they came out with that fire. I don't think they came Mm. out with the frenzy. So yeah. Let's talk about the the handball. I mean, <laughs> handball. Uh, our our handball king uh, from Phoenix Rising. Let's talk about him and how he scored. Yeah. Oh, and this was one of those things where I was like, and we've mentioned it here before, right? When we boo a player, right? <laughs> when we discourage a player, it can either affect them, right? Or what you don't want to happen, which unfortunately happened in this case, they get extra motivated and they start playing a game like no other to the point where we give him a free kick and he scores the goal in free kick fashion, which I'm like, it could have been anybody else. I don't care, even the goalkeeper. (laughs) But why was it this guy that ended up uh, uh, scoring such an amazing goal that, I, I mean, when you look at it again, I can't really blame anybody because he and he shot it well. I mean, you can't you can't even blame Rafa, at least in my opinion, um, because you know he he knew where he wanted to put it, and you know that's that's where it went. And 
you know, I, I, I just, I, I can't think of anything else that like we could have done. Uh, I mean, I guess if we would have had taller players, but <laughs> didn't, did we have somebody laying down? Didn't we have somebody laying down? Yeah. Um, we had someone yeah. doing that. And uh, yeah. that's, that's a classic and, move that I, I've seen in world uh, football. Yeah. Right? Is, uh, they, they've started to do more of that, but right. it doesn't work and sometimes. Then, and then it didn't even, it wasn't <laughs> even necessary. You know, it's kind of like he shot in the uh, upper left corner and Rafa was marking the other side of the goal, essentially, you know, and, and Asante knew exactly where the vacancy was, you know, where the, the opening was. And he, he did his job. He did what he was, he did what he's paid to do score goals, you know, and he's, he's a, if size wise, he's mm. dimin, he's, he's not a big guy. He's not a tall guy, mm. but he's, he's a goal scorer, you know, and someday if he ever, if we bring him on to our side, <laughs> we're going to love having him, but right now we still hate him. And right. You're right. The booing when I moved, yeah, I moved uh, to the to the stands, and there were definitely people that were willing to continue to the end of the game until he got subbed out. They were booing him every single time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I I, <laughs> I can't believe if we were to actually ever sign him. I I don't know how he would be received. Right? But I mean, at the same time, when you have a player like that who does all these things, it's like, eh, you know, the moment he scores his first goal, I think people are going to be like, you know what, forget it. You're you're in the yeah. republic now. We're gonna support you. I, I guess I couldn't really see people hating a player, even though they hated him in the past, right? It's like now he's with. If now he would be with us, it's like yeah. All right, let's go play against your former team, right? Let's go. Well, okay. I'm sh- I'm, well, except for the fact that he went to Jesuit, I'm sure um, Tucker Tucker Bone. I mean, we probably didn't care much for him when he was playing for Reno, but now that he's with us, we love him. We totally love. Tucker Moan. So anyhow. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So that was the, that was the first goal um, that they scored. And then it wasn't much later, um, just a few minutes later that we had a player ejected. Let's talk about the play that led up to the ejection, <laughs> which I don't think should have been a red card, but. <sighs> so on the side note with that, uh, I have to say that, and it may have been just because I was all the way in, in TBB side, right? And it was a little bit further. Nobody, at least and, and where I was at saying that, right? At least the people that were around me <laughs> uh, realized that it was a red card. I didn't even realize it either, too. We just saw a fight breakdown, and it wasn't until halftime that one of my friends there on the stands uh, told me, hey, did you see that we got a red card? Like, he pointed out to Twitter, and it was the team's uh, Twitter page. And I'm like, wait, hold up. We got a red card? What? And so, so that's that's funny because I was yeah. still in the VIP at the time and I was right next to a monitor. So I, I was watching everything on the monitor as it was transpiring the fight and everything because I could see it and I could also see it on the field. And I saw the red card being issued and then I saw how long it took Fatai to leave. It was almost like it was it was like he wasn't he was waiting for somebody to say, oh, just kidding come back. It took him forever to get off the field. And you could see our staff, you know, the staff on the sidelines were like, Oh my God, we got to take a guy back to the locker room. Cause that's the rule. You got to leave the field and got to go back mm-hmm. to the locker room and change your clothes. So yeah, um, we all knew, and we're just, you know, gnashing our teeth. Those of us who were aware that it was a red card and then trying to, we're trying to watch to see how they, uh, and I was even asking, I think I turned around. This is so funny. <laughs> I um uh dead. oh my goodness why can't it? Mitch was right behind me right and I I turned around and I said what do you think they're gonna do you think they're gonna just drop Cam underneath you think they're who are they gonna drop underneath and <laughs> Mitch po- perfectly politically correct statement well I wasn't at training for a couple of days so I don't know I mean they never <laughs> talk about any tactics right they don't right mm. um and and so I was like going okay so I was like watching like crazy. Who the heck are they going to drop down and play underneath? And I thought, well, probably Cam. Well, it was kind of like, no, it was more like a Carlton Derrick were uh, sitting deeper into the pocket a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't Cam stayed high. Uh, they they let Cam kind of stay high and float high, which I think was a good tactic for, mm-hmm. you know, for a little while. Unfortunately, we didn't get any goals out of it. But yeah. yeah. Plus the other two guys are, I think, quicker. Um, and then Cameron's best. I think if you leave him up front, then 
if you have him drop back, I think he's he's not really as as well. He's efficient. got a deep engine. Cam Cam can run and run and run. He's got a pretty deep engine. He'll you know he doesn't tire out really that easily. Um, and they have used him in that position before, although it we were um, critical of it last season of the fact that they didn't have a distinct role for Cam and that he was being mm. used in too many different ways. Remember that we were talking about yeah, that. Yeah, he was and lost that, though. Yeah, and we would have loved to have seen him just have a single role mm-hmm. and a single position so that he could really get cemented into that. And I think that's what's happened this season is they're letting him play a single role as opposed to multiple roles. Like they mm-hmm. used him last year as the utility player. It's kind of oh, like, no. yeah, we no. lost a midfielder. Cam, you're a midfielder. No, you're a forward. No, you're yeah. So anyhow, so looking back at this, at this play and, and again, like I said, right. Stadium, I had no idea. I just saw a fight breakdown and uh, I knew it. I am with you. They did take a long time. I wasn't even sure what was going on. I thought, you know, oh, the players just, uh, in the ground injured and he's just trying to consume as much time as possible right so we get to the um, halftime but when i was actually looking through the replay and i had to you know go on on the highlights as usual and and hopping on youtube and making it go really slowly because everything just happens so quick and i can't defend fatai in this case i think the red car was actually uh, well actually for him and there was a little detail that I noticed before, you know, that play actually, or before that uh, action happens in that, and uh, you'll probably see it here as, yeah. as I'm showing it to you here on the screen. Uh, the same guy who he ends up, uh, you know, just uh, kicking a little bit there. He pushes him True, the the referee should have probably called a foul or something, right? Because he like straight up pushes him, but he was so angry at that player that did that. And that's why the next thing he does, right when he sees that player get the ball, he's like right on him. He clobbered him and then he kicked him. Yeah. And it was all because of how mad he was at the referee not calling the other one. That he was like, all right, well, I'm going to get you now for what you got me. And yep. So look at the kick right there. Yeah. Yep. Which it's, it's the, it it wasn't so much that he took him down. If he, you know, taking him down in a yellow, but he kicked. He kicked, he kicked, yeah. And yep. <laughs> I have to say that is he kicked really his head. Freak- yeah. He kicked his he kicked his head. Yeah. yeah. Or at his head. Even if he'd missed, he still made the motion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I don't know. As coach, I think you would get a really Okay, really so let's talk about how many talk, teams yeah. Fatai has played for, right? He's played for the earthquakes, he's played for um, before, uh, right after the earthquakes, he, he got transferred to, oh gosh, I don't want to say Minnesota is a team, another team. Anyhow, he's kind of bounced around and you wonder what, what's the gig there? You know, what, what caused that to occur? Mm-hmm. Oh, Colum- Columbus. Yeah. So Cincinnati, see how he's kind of bounced around a little bit. Yeah, even Reno, that's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of bouncing around. You yeah. know, he was at the Timbers and he was with the Earthquakes for several years, but then he got loaned out to Reno and then Cincinnati, and then Cincinnati. You know, they pulled him in, and then Columbus. Um, they had him and released him, and then we picked him up. So yeah, you just kind of you you wonder you wonder when a player doesn't have a cemented location that will. Mm keep him you wonder what the gig is there maybe we're finding out yeah because he's he's been in six clubs in a matter of seven years it seems like right that's wow that's getting close to one per (laughs) per year and yeah so yeah and and, you know i think when you have your players you want to make sure that they're a hundred percent there right you don't want a player that's just going to go crazy over like a push or something and is going to try and hit back and, and retaliate. Respond. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know what? A referee will always card the retaliate retaliation. It's mm. if they don't see the original foul or they don't think it's egregious and the player gets all upset and does a retaliatory thing. That's, that's what gets punished is the retaliation. And every player should know that. I mean, I, when I played, there were times where it's like, 
I can't believe I just got knocked over by somebody who was six inches shorter than me and why the referee didn't call it. It's like, well, fine. If I'm going to get knocked over by somebody six inches shorter than me, by golly, I'm going to go probably shoulder charge or hip charge, hip check a player, that same player who's six inches shorter. And guess who gets the call? Me, right? They Mm -hmm. They didn't get the call. I got the call because I probably had a little bit more aggression going into it. So... And plus he wastes his time out. too, right? Yeah. Like if, if you notice, like he wastes a little, I mean, uh, sure, it might be like two, three seconds, but he, he turns around to the referee. He's like, oh, look, he pushed me. And it's like, dude, the play's still going on. Like, right, play to the whistle. How many yeah. times have you heard your coach say play to the whistle? Okay, so he tries to make the whistle happen and he tries to punish the guy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, uh, ah, if I could, if I diagnosed every single foul that occurred, man, <laughs> yeah, I'd ha- I'd make a living at it if I could get paid for it. Um, but so at the end of the day, the referee ends up getting everybody separated, and thank goodness for Pete Pennanen stepping in and kind of trying to, you know, calm calm heads, get everybody sorted out. You know, that's that's the job of a captain. And later in the game, he had to do that also for Derek. So we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So one would only wonder, right, what coach <laughs> told Fatai in the locker room. But after an action like this, I hate to be drastic, but I think you don't call him up to the game in a while. You got to, like, make sure that he understands that what he did was really bad because, you know, it's we don't know, right, if if the – Phoenix player actually uh, fell right the the hit or if you know maybe he just saw the foot go and he's like all right let me just uh, uh, touch or whatnot but whether it hit him or not it's something to the head and we know head injuries are really terrible especially if someone kicks you right it's like it could be really bad yeah. so it's like you shouldn't do and that. And that guy was just a kid that well even though even though he really wasn't a kid and he was a bit of a diver that kid a lot that that same player that got fouled by Fatai. Um, he did a lot of diving all game long. And when he, when he finally came off the field, we were so happy because a lot of us fans were calling him a cheater uh-huh. um, because he, he was, he was drawing fouls that weren't fouls. So there's, mm-hmm. there's several times during the game where um, he was trying to engage our players to kind of make a foul on him. And there were, it was, it was all fake fouls. There was one time he fell and the ref didn't call, you know, didn't fall for it, but yeah. Anyhow. So, Where are yeah. We? So one nil. So after the first half, we were uh, one nil down one less player. And, and again, I wasn't even aware of this too, but uh, one thing to point out um, of the first half is that at least that I recall, maybe I missed it. You could correct me, Sharon, if I'm wrong. We actually did not have a shot on goal. The whole first half, no shot. We had like two corner kicks, I believe, but they weren't from a shot. It was just from, uh, you know, just the defender just blocking it and uh, preventing like a cross yeah, or something we, like that. We had some nice chances because I was actually sitting in VIP um, and a friend and I, we were we were talking as the game was unfolding right in front of us. And there were some times where there was some uh, really wonderful activity and some really good passes. And I, I think Shannon um, ended up getting a ball. There was a ball, a ball passed in, passed back out, passed out, you know, and, and Shannon mm-hmm. all of a sudden got a hold of it with open space, crossed it right in front of the goal and nothing, nothing transpired, but we had some opportunities, not a lot. We had opportunities to have shots on goal, but no, I don't think you, I think you're right. I, I don't know what the stat sheet said as far as shots on goal first half. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there really was anything first half. Yeah. Did you look at the stat sheet? Was the stat sheet showing anything? Um, I actually don't have access to that stat sheet quite yet. So that has, okay. that hadn't been published, okay. um, quite yet. So I didn't actually have it, but I, I really don't recall because I, I would have remembered, right? Like, oh yeah, we had that. And I remember ending the first half and being like, we couldn't even get excited over like a shot. <laughs> and that, that was really sad to not be able to even witness a shot so it was kind of like that so i want to take this opportunity to share our social media for anyone who is not following us yet you could check us out at state republic 12 on facebook twitter instagram also look us up on youtube state of the republic podcast 
you're able to check out uh, some of the interviews that we've done here on the podcast. We do have more planned in the future. So please subscribe to us on YouTube so you can find out when those get posted. And so again, even if you've already heard the episode on the podcast, it's something else to be able to go back on YouTube and look at all of our reactions and all the things that go on, especially when Sharon's cat makes an appearance. You not only hear the cat on the podcast, but you're able to actually see the cat on the video. So (laughs) check it out. Eventually we'll have a, a part where we'll have people guess when your cat comes in, right? Is she yeah. going to come in at the beginning of the show or at the <laughs> Yeah, today she came in at the beginning of the show. I heard her. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else heard her. Um, also want to use this Yeah, and to... also this oh. the stickers. Don't forget mm-hmm. find us at a game and we have stickers and keep going, Louise, what were you saying? Actually no, I was actually just going to say about the stickers. You read my mind. <laughs> I was going to say shout out to the people who've taken some stickers and the people who've requested stickers now. Like, it's awesome. We really appreciate all the support and the really nice, kind words that we've heard from people. And and just getting to know all y'all who, like, request stickers and, and getting to meet you in person is really amazing. And, again, we really appreciate all the support that you guys give to us. And um, always will always be here doing podcast episodes as long as I'm able to speak. You're going to make sure that uh, we'll have something for you to listen to uh, on and off the season. So all throughout. So thank you so much for your support. Yeah. Excellent. Hey, going back to something we just talked about, um, I have for the full game on from FOTMOB um, that the total shots, we were totally out outplayed this past game. (laughs) And of course we were down a player, but um, shots off target we had four shots on target we had one shots on target them seven Mm. seven shots on target to our one so yeah Yeah, that's the the sad reality right because uh, now that you mentioned that right the second half began and at the 63 minute we were still playing the same way right up until that goal everything was the same i was like it's gonna be all the same and one man down it's like it's complicated especially when you haven't had a shot on goal in the whole first half and to go a man down especially playing against a team like phoenix rising it's like i and i don't want to be like pessimistic but it's going to be really tough let's see if we could at least get that point but it's going to be a tough situation and just for you all, if you haven't seen that play of that goal, go back and check it out. I hate to say this again, Sharon. I feel like I keep saying this <laughs> sometimes when we get goals uh, scored against. But Sarges, once again, <laughs> made a, a mistake, which he had a couple of them in the first half. And I don't know what's going on. I feel like, he, you know, it's happening again. It happened at a couple of other matches this season where he makes a mistake and then he... Uh, falls into this whole situation where it becomes, I feel like a mind game and he feels like he has that pressure, right? Like he made a mistake and he keeps making those mistakes and maybe coach has to talk to him or, you know, has to help him out recover from those situations because in the first half, there were situations where we could have even been scored against because of a mistake that he did, or he had a bad pass, right? I remember one where like he tried to do a, a pass from afar and the ball went to the stands, right? I think the people <laughs> that that were sitting uh, mid section, right there, where all those seats are at, with the actual individual seatings uh, are at, um, actually got the ball there too. But in this play, rather than passing the ball uh, to Casey, he passes it to who knows who, right? <laughs> makes Casey decide, should I go for it? Should I not go for it? And of course he did. I think what was the best thing to do is actually fall back because if you miss that, you're going to give the Phoenix player a one-on-one chance. So what he did was he passed the ball between our defender and their attacker and the attacker was faster to the ball. Dan, uh, Dan Casey did the smart thing and that he went to a mm-hmm. defensive posture and they called, you know, they called for help in the back, but what that left us with 
was a lot of holes. It was like Swiss cheese again. And the Phoenix saw the opportunity because the rest of the midfield didn't get back fast enough. We only had two uh, that we had the outside backs tracking back at the time and nobody else tracking back to try to fill in the holes. So we had, it was like Swiss cheese and Phoenix just put the ball across, you know, their attacker got the ball instead of Dan Casey because Dan adopted the defensive posture. And even though we tried to interrupt the play, it didn't work very well. And, you know, props to Shannon to try to interrupt play. But then, you know, it looked like Duke Lacroix did not get back fast enough. It looked like our, our players didn't get back fast enough. They thought it was an offside situation, but it really wasn't. He came right from the player who scored came right from Egbo, I guess it was. He came right from inside and, you know, and I, maybe they were looking for a handball, wasn't going to be given. And next thing you know, they're two up. Yeah. And, and I feel like, I mean, uh, Sargis probably made two mistakes, right? They're at the end. I mean, everyone was saying offside, but he's the one who may wasn't taking a look at his line. Yeah. And he oh, left yeah, him you're right. alone. He yep. could have like made sure that, you know, like leave him offside, right? Play let him be outside. Well, also Dan didn't track with the player. Nobody tracked with the player that ended up scoring. So, you know, that could be a duel. There's a lot of responsibility on that goal. There's a lot of responsibility. Dan was caught in no man's land, went Shannon's uh, tackle. So Dan was actually in the first defender, second defender position for the pass that came into the box to mm-hmm. Asante. Uh, so, so Dan was waiting for the funnel pass. So that was, you could see that he was looking for the dangerous player. He was waiting for that player to make the run, not the pass. Once the player made the pass, Dan should have been beaten feet a little bit faster back to the open player, Egbo that ended up scoring, but that didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Things didn't happen. I think at the same time, maybe he didn't realize that the player wasn't offside. I think maybe that's why he was like, all right, let him pass it. It's going to be offside going to be offsides, but then Hayden put him on sides because Hayden was playing a deeper defensive role. I mean, yeah, granted, uh, you know, Hayden was waiting for the funnel. Pa- he, he, this was just one of those situations where nobody could have done anything correctly at that point. The yeah. the problem started when Hayden made that errant pass way, mm. you know, three, three, three plays prior. He didn't pass it to Dan Casey's feet. He passed it to open space in front of Dan, but the attacker of Phoenix was coming in way too fast. There was no way that, that, yeah, there was no way that that was going to work out. Yep. Yeah. And, and that was also Shannon being a little bit outside the play. Shannon was looking to generate the attack versus defending and Shannon was in the right spot for generating the attack, but you're right. If the, if Hayden had passed the ball correctly, um, Shannon was in a perfect spot to help generate an attack up the right, right wing side, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. When I, when I saw the replay, of course they're at the stadium, I, you know, I wasn't too sure who, like what, what the whole situation was there, but after seeing it, I'm just like, Oh, Hayden, like not at your level. Right. Like, I feel like leave it to me, Hayden, like I'll, I'll do a pass like that. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll, I'll do something like that. But you know, it's like at, at a level like this, it's like, you know it's i feel like you know we're not asking for too much right it's just like pass the ball right like but when you see a player making those mistakes as much as you know you support him and and you think you know he has a a bright future ahead of him it's like maybe you shouldn't be starting matches and but at the end of the day you know the whole thing and I, i i digress the whole thing until MLS two is there, the whole thing with USL right now is really to develop the players. You know, sometimes it, and hate me for this statement. It isn't about winning or losing, but it's about letting these guys, these younger guys that have such talent and such bright promise, letting them make these mistakes. They Mm -hmm. have to learn from their mistakes And, and it may take a season for them to, to really learn, you know, the finer details yeah, they're they're still young. These guys are still young. And granted, mm-hmm. they've played in the academy and they've played at very high levels there, but they've played academy teams. They've not played against these grown players that have played at a much higher level and they can see things faster and quicker. So it the USL 
until MLS two really gets going. <laughs> the USL is the our league is that league for you know getting this stuff sorted out. So I'm not going to be too harsh on you know on on this whole situation uh, just because it's going to i'm bum, more bummed collectively that we haven't been able to win a match given the talent that we do have on the team mm. that bums me out and i'm sure it bums freaking coach out 10 times more than me you know cuz he knows what he's got talent wise and he just isn't hasn't quite found the key to for that consistent attack and getting on the front foot except for the last 15 minutes of this game oh, yeah. so we should we should talk about that yeah, the last 15 minutes were I I felt like I was watching a different game and <laughs> I felt some deja vu, right? Because didn't we just say this not too long ago over another match where yes, we were also down a man and we ended up yes. losing 3-1. And so <laughs> I was like, why is this happening again? Like we already realized this before and it makes you wonder. It's like, hey, if you all would have been playing this way, with 11 men, I think we could have won this game. And I feel like I'm saying the same thing I was saying, what, two, three weeks ago? <laughs> um, because we we get this goal from a corner kick. Perfect set piece, right? Really happy to see uh, Dan scoring a goal, right? Because I, I believe it's his first goal he's uh, scored with us. And especially from a set piece like a corner kick, right? Because you want to take advantage of those plays, right? Just like they took advantage of that free kick. You got to take advantage of that because they don't have that many opportunities, especially against a team like Phoenix that doesn't give you as many chances at goal, right? <laughs> and my uh, favorite player made the put the corner. He took the corner. My my favorite player took the corner. <laughs> Pete. Yeah. Our, our good old captain. Yeah, he took the corner. It was perfect. That was the most perfect corner. And obviously one that they've trained for, obviously one that Dan was juiced up to finish, you know, look at, we, it was, it was nice. It was nice to see that. And my yeah. favorite player right now is, you know, it's, <laughs> it's Pete. Sorry. It's going to be Pete. And uh, when you say player of the match, it's going to be Pete. <laughs> oh, player. okay. Yeah. Let, let's, let's dive into player of the match. Yeah. Yeah. For I, I got to say, well, in the, after the first half, I was like, who am I going to pick as a player of the match? This one's going to be a tough one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and as much as Dan scored the goal for a second, I was thinking, oh, maybe Dan, right? He scored the goal. You know, he you know did all that, which, you know, that was great and all. But I actually have to give it, again, just as last week for the man of the parking, <laughs> I gave it to Tuckerbone. I'm going to give it to him again, even though, he did have an opportunity where, you know, we could have tied. I don't know if you recall, there was one opportunity where yes. he was so close. It was like a one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. Um, I wasn't as mad at him for that because props to that guy for uh, having that vision to think, you know what? Let me just make the run. I'm going to have a perfect opportunity that he missed. And I was like, you know what? Hey, be proud. We didn't see a he chance juked. like that in the first he, half. He juked. He juked how many players? He, he was able to get, you know, he mm. was, he got through a couple of players. Tucker is one of those silent but deadly kind of guys. Don't leave him alone. You know, I would tell any team, don't leave Tucker Bone alone. Do not leave him mm. alone. And double mark the boy because he has some, he has some amazing little skills. He's got some interesting skills and he has a good vision. I still, I like Tucker a lot. The one of the reasons why uh, why I have been enjoying Pete is I watched Derek Famella lose lose his cool so badly on because uh, I was uh, I was off by the sidelines. He got in the fourth official's face horribly. He mm. got in the referee's face horribly <laughs> for a call that should have been made or ended up getting made, and it was he was using some pretty strong language. He was dropping the f bomb. Uh, it was, and he got a yellow card for it, uh, for dissent. And he wouldn't, mm. I was waiting for the red. I was waiting for the second yellow to come out because he wouldn't shut up. And then Pete came up, Pete came up and kind of called the dog off. And, mm. but then after that, look at how Derek played. He got the adrenaline going. It was almost like he needed to blow a cog so that his adrenaline <laughs> level would go up. 
to get him through the remainder of the match. Because after that, he was relentless. He was chasing down every ball. And at, at, and that was the kind of like the start of the 15 minutes. I'm, I'm trying to remember when that yellow card occurred. Um, do we do we have that stat? Let me look it up. I might be able to find it. Yeah, I should have it here. Let did, me. Um, happened at the, the 77th yeah. minute. Yeah. So, yep. so it was like, yeah. So it was like uh, after the goal and then for the remainder of the match, you know, the, the level of adrenaline went up a little bit higher and the guys played pissed off and they held it, you know, they no more, no more goals scored after that against us. Um, unfortunately we didn't tie the game or, you know, advance, but um, yeah. Yeah. The, the goal, I, I mean, contributed to a lot of that adrenaline, right? Like yeah. we were so close, the players saw it and the, you could see it in their eyes that they scored the goal and they were like, you know what? Hey, we, we got this. Like there's we're back plenty in of time yeah, remaining. We're back and, in uh, you know, it was like, yeah, I mean, unfortunately it didn't happen. Um, it could have been worse though, right? We already know against Orange County that they ended up scoring the third goal and it killed the whole vibe that was going on already. So at least we got yeah. to see an, an intense uh, finale there. Yeah. Um, and it, it was interesting. I wasn't expecting a whole lot of people to stick around for the fireworks because of being kind of like bummed out um, after the match. You know, they had the the little mini fireworks show. Um, but people actually did. People stayed. There was a bunch of people that did clear out of the stands just to kind of get out of the parking lot fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was impressed with the fans that did stick around and that tried to console, you know, in our own way. We try to console the players from a distance. Yo, yeah. And shout out to the team for that fireworks show. That fireworks show was on point. Uh, you probably you saw probably a little bit of it, right? That I Oh, I uh, saw the whole thing. The- yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you were still at the stadium, right? I was I, still I at the you... stadium. I was making my way out, so I was watching it. I actually got close to where they were setting off when they set off the fi- the grand finale. I was uh-huh. r- literally like really close to where they were setting it off. It was like, holy smokes, that's loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That grand finale. Like, and then I don't know if you were still, you may, you may have been like uh, waiting in line there to, to exit the parking lot, but they, <laughs> they must have still had one remaining firework oh, that they oh. threw like i don't know probably like 15 minutes after the show ended oh gosh <laughs> randomly yeah because we were getting into the car and i randomly see a firework just like blast up and i'm like wait is the show coming back or <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if somebody had an illegal firework from the, that was in the parking lot like you know one of our, our famous tvb members maybe they <laughs> shot it off no i'm kidding but if it yes they have to they have to uh explode they have to explode everything so so i i had a general thought as well um and i have to bring up the referee right and and after the red card always always uh, got to talk about the referee (laughs) he spent way too much time talking to the players uh, uh trying to get two players to like talk to one another and all that that a lot of times it was really frustrating because i was like ref just let the game go on please like say what you want to say real quick, say your three, four words quick, and please stop dragging the game for so long because some of us who like are so like anxious to see a goal or to see us actually get a shot on goal, like it, it drove me nuts just waiting throughout all that whole time for the ref to stop talking to them or for the ref to like uh, have the game go on because there was a lot of times where he could have let the play go on but he was calling some fouls where it was like, come on, just let the play go on. We would have had a good opportunity, but you decided to call the foul when we had a better opportunity. So don't like when referees do that. It just, it screws with the whole, like, uh, you know, like mood of the game and all that and the vibes and yeah. Yeah. You gotta let the, you gotta get the, so there's referees that, are the game and then there's referees that referee the game and you don't want a referee that is the game, right? The yeah. referee is supposed to, it's like, uh, they need to be seen, but not seen, you know, they're, they're there to like the referee we had, uh, with orange County that we never, ever, ever want to see again. Right. That mm-hmm. was like a situation mm-hmm. that he should have been visible a little bit more in the beginning to get control over the game and he lost control and it was just a, a, a merry mess. And then this referee, like you said, was spending way too much time, you know, getting the players to 
whatever. And it's kind of like, no, you're taking the adrenaline down a notch. These players, they're, they're warriors when they're out there on the pitch and you, you're wanting them to shake hands. Okay. I get it. You know, we see that sometimes in international play, you know, where they help each other up off the pitch, but yeah. I mean, those are the conversations you have to have before the game. So before the game starts, the referee meets with the captains, um, you know, the whole officiating crew meets with the captains and they kind of lay out their expectations to the coaches and the captains of the team. And then they're supposed to transmit that information back to the players and, you know, and, and their, their teammates are supposed to say, okay, this is what the referee is looking for. Um, and this is how it's going to be judged. So, I mean, I would say that those conversations need to happen ahead of time to say, listen, mm-hmm. I want you guys to help each other up off the pitch. I, you know, I granted you're going to be competing against each other, your competitors, but I don't want to see any, this, 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 and this. And then to see our, to see the referee, basically, I don't know. I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall before the game to hear what the referee's conversation with the captains, you know, I would like to have heard that. Oh yeah. But, Just to yeah. know what exactly what they were saying and whatnot but yeah Yeah. and one last thing about this game um the unfortunate injury of rafa right really sad that we finally get to see him again and then uh you know as i was on the tvb side and and rafa being on that side for that first half uh you could tell right away right something he felt something and once we saw that we were like he's probably gonna get subbed out you could tell he was trying his best to like you know, stay in the game, but you know, once you feel that, it's like you can't keep going, right? Once, once he felt something, and and I was like, oh no, that's so sad because you know, at the beginning of the season, he had that injury too, and then he, you know, was called up, and now this happens again. I'm like, oh, like that's so unfortunate. I, I am um, so bummed, and and this one looks like I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's it's the same situation. It didn't heal. And how, how do you come back from that quickly? You don't. So um, he's, he needs more time to heal. He needs to fully heal and, you know, and, and get a better diagnosis. Um, my, my heart's broken for him, you know, knowing that he's got that situation going. I absolutely love Rafa as a friend, you know, off the pitch. He's, he's a good guy. He's a quiet guy and just goes about his business and does what he's super chill you know and just does what he needs to do so i don't know what we're going to be doing when we travel down to um san diego this weekend i don't know who's the you know i don't know what's going to happen yeah which if we're going to bring a loner or just what uh speaking of that i know we don't want to see it right but you know the next uh, saturday we do play against the loyal and looking at the standings, I mean, it's it's sad, right? And and we knew we were going to be in the situation and uh, whatnot. But San Diego Loyal has ten games played. They're placing in our group, uh, fourteen points. We have two less games, right? Seven points uh, with eight games played. And you know, if we beat them, we'll be like four points away from them. Still not too far, far from them, but that's the same thing we said against phoenix and then look at what happened but i'm a little worried sharon this san diego team beat phoenix and we couldn't beat phoenix so it's gonna be it's gonna be something else it's an it's it's getting to be an, a numbers game and uh, oh this pressure is so intense you know we've got to find a way to get the monkey off the back nobody likes being in the in the position we're in i don't remember ever being at mm-hmm. this you know it used to be that there was a Western Eastern conference. There wasn't all this other Mickey Mouse stuff, um, you know, with the separate little conferences, but, um, and so it was, it wasn't so bad if you were in sixth place amongst 14 <laughs> teams or, you know, mm-hmm. 16 teams, but now you're in sixth place out of eight and it just feels weird. If, if we combine, you know, the whole Western conference and look at our stats, you know, uh, combining both both sides. I don't know where we sit if we would be above or below the, the quote line. I I don't think we're in. I don't. I don't think we're in a good spot. I still don't think we're in a good spot. We just have to 
find a way to score more goals than the other team. You know, we have to be Brazil at this point. That's Brazil's <laughs> philosophy is, yeah, if you get a goal against us, we'll just come back and score more against you. I, that was a joke. I mean, it's not their <laughs> philosophy. I'm sure they don't like having people score on them, but they have such good quality up top. It doesn't bother them. You know, it's like, oh, we'll just score another goal against you. And I would love to see us get, I would love to see us have that mentality. It's like, okay, you scored against us. We'll just get two more than you and and just do it. Doing the math, I kind of did it right now. Just I didn't even write it down, just mentally right here. Um, yeah. If we had a Western conference like it used to be, right, we would have 15 teams. We would actually be in the 12th position. Oy. Out of 15 teams. Uh, yeah. Also considering, though, and, you know, this doesn't help us, Oakland Roots only has five games played, the five points, two points behind us. So right. it might even be 13th. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a really tricky situation. Number Numbers games. And the moment you actually have to pull the calculator to figure out what combinations you need to like make it to the playoffs. That's the moment where like, it gets really stressful <laughs> to have to start doing that. And yeah, you're right. I don't recall another time when we were in this position around this time. Right. I mean, we've usually been really close to being able to qualify for the playoffs. Right. Even if we're not exactly on the playoff spot, we've been like, all right, like, one or two positions below um, the, the of course, the older uh, format of the Western Conference. And right. uh, yeah, we, we need to be thankful for this new format. There's one thing <laughs> is that yeah. thank you, USL, for not doing a full-on Western Conference and rather doing it by groups and, and whatnot, because you, you have a better chance of qualifying. And if you don't qualify... It, it was a it wasn't a good season because yeah. there's eight teams in the group, four teams qualify. And look at Tacoma Defiance. Now, okay, I'm gonna digress. <laughs> if we lopped off all the second teams, right, from MLS, if we lopped them all out of the picture, we don't look so bad. <laughs> so um, you know, take LA Galaxy out of the picture, take Tacoma out of the picture, um, all the all the two number two teams, you know, because MLS two is coming next season uh, mm-hmm. in 2022. <laughs> they're apparently going to be starting this other league and, you know, they're going to be pulling all the teams out of USL, which you were excited about. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it, it really worries me when we're below these two teams, right? We just mentioned it. These two yep. teams are more like farm teams. You know, it's it's more to give those young players a chance to play. Yep. And with us, right, it's like, hey, we're we should be taking this league seriously, right? We're not here to uh, uh, give players to another team, right? We don't respond to a farm team. The days with the earthquakes are gone, thankfully. I gotta say, <laughs> because there's nothing better than having that like autonomy of being able to say. I'm going to play these players and they're going to stay with me uh, unless, you know, you have the situations where like Nobby getting loaned out from uh, Minnesota and having to go back there, but not having a team that is just going to grab them from you, grab multiple players from you, as is the case with these uh, two teams and even Las Vegas lights too, right? Like they have a couple LAFC players that I, I'm seeing now and like... <laughs> the MLS go back and forth and whatnot. So. Well, at the end of the day, let's look forward to, I know some uh, TVV folks and some other friends are going to be heading down to San Diego and I'm sure they'll have a fireworks show now that they are starting their game. No, they're still starting their game at five. It's not going to be dark enough for fireworks. Oh, well, (laughs) Um, don't know if they're going to have it, but um yeah, let's just uh, hope that we can pull ahead of of San Diego or pull one out of the pull one out of the hat. Uh, I'm going to be watching it on television for sure. By the way, Roots actually played their first ever home game, uh, as as we all right recall right. the situation last week and whatnot. They cool. played at Las Positas College, not at yeah. their Laney College. Right, which it's a shame we couldn't just move the game there that day. <laughs> I know. Um, but, I know. Yeah. Would so they're, great. 
There yeah, was but it was that. a tie, so it ended up in a tie. Zero, zero, no goal scored. So I can't wait to try on the Oakland Roots. We play them, uh, what is it, the Wednesday after the 4th of July. So yeah. once again, our, our guys are looking at playing three games in you know a week. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot to ask of of them. You know, one is a travel game and two are home games. So, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do against um, against the Roots on Wednesday, July 7th. That's our next home game, followed by Saturday, July 10th against Orange County FC. Maybe we can exact some revenge and beat them this time. You know, it would be nice. Just looking ahead at the schedule, we've got a few games of it that look possible for for wins. <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll get Mitch Tainter back in the defense. That would mm-hmm. be nice as well. Yeah, well, you know, and I hope that we don't wait until we play against the lights in Las Vegas on, on July 14th to get get some points, right? Because it's like, come on, let's not let it fall to that Languish. Game. I know. <laughs> I have a good feeling about the, well, I have a good feeling. I always think that we can, that there's something that could be done and that our players will find a way through. I, I have a lot of faith in the talent that we have. And, and I know you do too. At the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of things that have been stacked up against us, our, our squad, but I have a lot of faith and here's, here's to the weekend and sitting and watching either at a watch party or with the tower bridge battalion at one of their watch parties or from your own home, comfort of your own home. Yeah. Which, by the way, now that we actually mentioned the game on uh, Saturday in, in San Diego, um, our, our good friend here of the podcast, Jared, is actually going to be at that game. And he might be actually doing a, a little live preview for us, too, on our social medias. So you guys can all, and us as well, because we're not going to be there, uh, be yeah. able to uh, check that out. Um, well, well, I should say I am going to be in Southern California, but unfortunately not able to <laughs> be in San Diego at that time. Um, because but, you know, you're gonna be watching what the Mexican national team play at night. See, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be at a fun. You're gonna be at a really fun gig. So, oh yeah, it should be really, really great. I'm actually gonna be right there um, with their supporters group too. So it's gonna be a different experience, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll talk about it next week too. And hopefully, it all it, it all goes well and we get a win. Because <laughs> last hey. time. Only time I saw Mexico play live, which was like two years ago, they tied. It was a zero zero. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, I want to see a goal at least, even if we don't win. <laughs> so, hopefully. but I dare you because it's almost the 4th of July. I dare you to wear a, a shirt that's half and half, half US <laughs> flag, half Mexico national team colors, just because of the 4th of July. Come on, Luis, you can do that. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that'll go down. <laughs> But if I spot someone, I'll be on the lookout for someone. I'm sure someone will probably do that. So I'll be on the lookout. I'll let you know if I, if someone actually did, did do that. If they were the brave ones that (laughs) that did that. Hey, proud to be here. Proud to be of your heritage. What's not to like? Oh yeah. I do support both. My heritage. I'd, I'd have like, I'd have like five other flags besides the U.S., on a shirt if I was going to like show my heritage. Cause I'm such a blend of whatever. So many <laughs> other things. Yeah. I am eventually right. going to buy that shirt that you're referring to though. I have seen some people wear it right with the, the 50, half 50 USA, shirt. half Mexico. Yeah. I'm eventually yeah. buying it because I, I do truly uh, support both. And whenever they play, I, I find it hard to have to lean. And I know, I know everyone's going to say, I used to lean Mexico, <laughs> but yeah. it's still one of those things, right? Where it's like, Hey, they're both my national teams. And, uh, you know, I, I just want a good game. Like I said, the last time they played and right. USA won, I was like, just, just, you know, show us a good game. It's a classic match. That's all I asked for. Let's have that. And we had that. So. Yeah, really, no, really. it was a, it was a fabulous game. <laughs> Awesome. So, well, all right. Well, go Republic. Thanks for, and thanks Luis for always being the backbone of the, the podcast. Really appreciate that. And as you were saying. Yeah. Th- thank you, Sharon. Also for <laughs> hopping on here too. I think this is the, the latest we've ever recorded a podcast, but due to uh, my travels happening this week, 
Today's the only day that really <laughs> worked out. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. Uh, we did say in the last podcast that our friends from Fairweather would be joining us to talk about the San Diego game. Unfortunately, we weren't able to coordinate schedules this week, but we might be having them uh, and on the next pod to talk about how that game went down. So be on the lookout. We're going to see if we are able to coordinate it next week, right before the game we have on Wednesday. So we're going to try and, <laughs> and get it up uh, maybe Monday night, Tuesday night, maybe. But yeah, we're going to try our best to get that um, out there too. And, and so we can all talk about how it went. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you, Sharon. Thank you to all of our listeners uh, for all the support. And we will see you next time here on State of the Republic podcast. Woo-woo!